Welcome back to What's Your Safe Word. Um, usually I have Christopher here with me today, but today, because of the lovely quarantine that everyone is currently on, I actually have two new guests. Um, Mike and Kyle, would you guys like to say hello? Hi. Hey, thanks hi. for having us. <laughs> and you guys are from the Gayish Podcast. Thank you guys so much for making the time today to come on and, and talk a little kinky. Um, yeah, thanks for having us. Of course. Uh, we also just recorded something for your podcast, but before we get into all of the specifics, we always like to start uh, What's Your Safe Word with a safe word. So what is your self-proclaimed safe word today, guys? I don't I don't have one, so I don't have one that's like a go-to. <laughs> okay. I, I, my, the, the, the one that, that just popped in there is rutabaga. <laughs> well, that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> and Kyle? Um, well, rutabaga comes up too much in my sexual play to, for that to be my <laughs> safe word. Um, but I'm going to say that uh, mine is kitty because I hate cats. And that would that's a that's a good like no stop. Don't. Yeah. Oh, Christopher's allergic to cats, too. So that that is perfect. Mm-hmm. Roll the opening. Again, welcome back to What's Your Safe Word. Today, I have Gayish with me, an independent gay podcast where Mike and Kyle, the hosts, talk about different gay stereotypes each episode, from the hanky code and hand jobs to breakups and depression. Three-time nominee for Best LGBTQ Podcast by the Podcast Awards, Gayish peaked at 11 in the iTunes sexuality charts, and I peaked in college. So... <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Mike and Kyle. Uh, do you guys want to give the audience a, a little rundown of who you guys are and maybe just talk about anything I might have missed in that um, somewhat lovely uh, intro to who you are? <laughs> uh, Kyle and I are just a couple of cisgender gay guys who feel like all of the stereotypes about gay culture don't necessarily fit us all the time. And we wanted to talk about that. And there's a lot of it that we do identify with but there are a lot of things that we don't and we we think that the phrase take away that person's gay card is is really not useful and and we're trying to put a stop to it yeah and mike and i've been friends for 10 years uh and we've been doing the podcast for a few years now nice wait so how long have you guys been doing this roughly Uh, depending on when this airs our third birthday is like next week oh oh okay well, happy birthday. That's probably yeah. this will air. So happy, happy birthday. <laughs> hey, uh, well, I guess the first question, am I your stereotype? No, I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> well, oh. uh, uh, the fact that you're into like kinks, that's like definitely everyone assumes that everyone is. Uh, so mm. a little bit. Also, you're like on social media and like, what you like, have a major you, boner for social media in <laughs> uh is that what makes you TikTok? <laughs> <laughs> wow oh boy uh and you're, what you're like an influencer so like you, Ooh, you're a little bit i you hate have, that word oh you're not you're not you're you're a person <laughs> person that people look at and follow and can I don't know. Tweet. No, I'm. I. I. We're, you guys are influencers as well. Um, I just think that yeah. like it's such an overused word by like the normal media that tends to have a negative connotation. So I'm just like I roll my eyes and everyone's like, I'm an influencer. I'm like, mm. okay, well, what are you influencing people to do? Because that's a whole yeah. other story. People it's like that- having a giant dick. If you have, if you do, you don't say so. <laughs> you can't. You can't label yourself. But that. also, just- 
Just because you have a giant dick does not mean you get to be a giant dick. So just because you are an influencer doesn't mean you get to influence or should. I mean, some of these That's influencers right. should have been, they should have had their influencer card taken away, if you ask me. <laughs> Filming dead bodies in forests, you know, oh. making kids oh. pay money for things. I was going to ask you to name names, but that's just as good as <laughs> naming names. Oh, no, names. That, I've already named names. Everyone knows who we're talking about that listen to okay. our podcast, yeah. I think. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway. So I figured usually it's myself and Christopher, my partner, and we talk about like, you know, what we've been up to, our pop culture things, anything kind of socially relevant of the time. And then we like decompress a, a kink in some ways. But I figured today being having guests on, which we only have every once in a while, you guys are, I think, our third or fourth guest, maybe. Wow, so that's pretty fancy. good. Yeah. Oh. No, we don't, we're very lazy about guests. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Thank you for coming on. Yeah. Uh, but also, I wanted to flip the script just a little bit with something you guys might be a bit more familiar with and talk about stereotypes today, be it kink stereotypes or just sex stereotypes. I've got some notes here on my end as far as how normal, quote unquote, normal or straight culture views kinksters. But I'd also like to kind of break down and talk about like what you guys are into and maybe what you guys see as some stereotypes that might exist, because I think that's definitely in your wheelhouse. Thoughts? Yeah, um, I think there are there are a lot of things that like we want to understand what stereotypes are based in some form of fact and which are just completely made up. And some of the things that are true is, uh, and of course, none of this means it applies to everyone, but LGBT people are more likely to have mental health issues, are more likely to drink and smoke. Um, uh, I think people view them as uh, more sexual, um, which actually... I think people, uh, when they see a gay person on the street that is like very out about it, people know. So they assume that's what everyone is like. And the thing is, you probably don't see the 10 other people that you walked by that are also gay and just wearing something you wouldn't expect. It's true. It's true. And I think that when we'll talk about some studies later, but like as far as studies go, BDSM gets all sorts of random stereotypes that get thrown at us and there's actually tons of studies that kind of debunk many of them um yeah yeah i i think yeah i think people assume that um uh some of like those kinks uh or in kinks in general come from some kind of trauma or harm um Mm -hmm. and, and that's like a very negative lens or that like yeah, the, I think people don't realize that there's actually way more consent involved in kink than like it's just very people are very aware of that, which so it's kind of the, the opposite of what people may expect. And people can't see, but I'm emphatically nodding my head. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so actually, I'm, I, that's a segue if I've ever heard one. I'm curious, do you guys have any kinks, whether they be trauma related or not? Um, is there anything that you are? Or anything that you describe as a kink for yourself that you are comfortable talking about? Um, yeah, I'm comfortable talking about everything. I think, uh, <laughs> what, like, the everything. biggest... Everything. Everything. Um, the one that, like, I am really, like, embracing as an actual kink is um, uh, good, nice arms. And especially uh, being fucked while someone flexes. That like specific thing, like there's, uh, I've like gone digging and hunting and there's like a, uh, this forum that has people post like different videos that they find. And I follow that to see if it like state, like if anyone has, has a new find, but it's surprisingly rare. Um, 
but that falls under, I think the broader, like I'm into like dumb, assertive, uh, choking, uh, being spit on, uh, what else? Probably more things that I can't think of. Oh, bros with backwards hats. <laughs> oh, that's a, okay. I've heard of all of those things minus the hat thing. Interesting. Oh yeah. I, uh, but I get I, it. I, I asked myself, is he hot or is, is he just wearing a backwards hat? And if you see him, do you tip your hat to him or? Like... <laughs> I, I don't wear a backwards hat because I leave that for him. Oh, yeah. Do you guys ever see the fedora memes like m'lady? No, never, never mind, <laughs> no. Never mind. I'm getting into internet culture that you don't realize. McKink? No. <laughs> no. Although now I want to. Okay. I appreciate all of those kinks. Um, and we stand breath play that's, you know, practiced consensually and safely. Um, <laughs> yeah. I find usually I have to be like, no fucking get in there. Like I have to be the one to be like, <laughs> take my breath away. I can still kind of breathe. <laughs> and that's a bad thing. Oh, um, <laughs> oh. uh, and Mike, do you, do you have any proclivities or fantasies? Well, so- so one one thing that's interesting to me is I think that there are some things that uh, people do that are kinky, but they don't know it because they it, they mm. it happen in isolation and they don't even know it's not the way everybody is. So it was pretty recently that I discovered that not everybody's nipples are wired up the way that mine are, and like that's actually I'm learning a, that's like that's a kink that's not just like a n- normal regular everyday part of people's sexuality. So. Uh, and that's very, very much one that is like, yeah, that really works for me. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you got that off your chest. Um, I'm glad you <laughs> felt comfortable sharing that with us. Okay. Um, I want to say one of Mike's that you didn't say voyeurism. You're learning oh, yeah. that too. You always yeah. say, uh... Mike, that you're like vanilla, but then you actually have some of these kinks that you don't like just assume either are not kinks or are normal. Yeah. That's true. Well, and we, we had that kind of conversation over on your podcast, just kind of like what how do you how do you put it in perspective, you know, like what is a kink and what isn't? I mean, kinks by nature are just things outside of the sexual norm. So it's having an understanding of what is normal. And I think that that changes every day in our society, especially when you see more and more pop culture kind of embrace the kink or the the fetish aspect. Uh, more and more red carpets you see like what's his name, Tremblay in like a fetishy harness from Aeropostale or something or whatever Abercrombie and Fitch. I don't know brands. <laughs> I don't like think... uh, Adam Rippon showed up at, at one Correct. of those big events yeah. wearing a harness, right? And I championed him and was like, "Get a girl," but also next time, can we please, you know, get Mister S dressing you because that looks flimsy and cheap. <laughs> was pretty much my response. I'm sorry, Adam. I think you're lovely and, and fabulous, but that leather looked cheap. Oh. <laughs> exactly that's that's the sound my skin made just crawling <laughs> as i looked at it adam amp thinks adam ripon is flimsy and cheap now we all uh, know. no 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 <laughs> don't put me on thin ice oh. yeah yeah it makes me so happy somebody else makes terrible dad jokes kyle has like <laughs> he's getting double teamed on the dad jokes is great mm. i oh, might wait, have a kink for dad kinks. jokes yes <laughs> are you a pun sexual I love a good pun. And now I know that word, which I'm also obsessed with. 
which are also on shirts at what's the safe word.com. You can get uh, some lovely pun section. No, sorry. Talk about subtle plugs. I do. Speaking of plugs, segue. <laughs> I do want to just say that one of the most recent podcasts I listened to of yours was about plugs, was about bl- butt plugs. And I don't know, I forget which person uh, on your team said it, um, but you didn't think butt plug harnesses were actually a, a thing. Like, I... And I'm offended. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, there are a lot of things that I've learned just by doing this. I mean, all over the spectrum, but specifically like kinks as well. So yeah, there every now and then we'll stumble on a word or an item that I'm like, whoa, 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 we have to back up. And turns out I could have used one of those because I met up with a guy that wanted me to put a butt plug in and it was falling out as I walked <gasps> to meet him. Oh, I... I don't have a butt plug story, but I have a tail story. Like puppy <laughs> players wear tails. Mm-hmm. And we were also talking about like fetish events and fetish nights. Uh, one time at CC's, I was wearing a tail, like a, a like a shaky, you know, waggy tail, but I was standing upright. Standing upright with a butt plug in is a no-no. Um, it, it adds extra weight. Your body moves. It wants to push it out. So when you're wearing something that's not only inside your body, but partly outside your body, uh, pro tip, uh, make sure you have a butt plug harness or you will sneeze and uh, you will literally poke someone's eye out with your tail as it shoots across the room. <laughs> I had to do a weird thing, uh, walk down a separate, like not very traffic street. So I could like work it its way through my jeans and just put it in my pocket. Oh, and when you say walk, you mean like an awkward side waddle where yep. you're like yep. shuffling. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I, the butt plug probably, walk. Like the same walk that I would do if I shit myself, like very oh. same walk. The butt plug boogie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is now what it is known as. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, oh, I miss fe- fetish nights, especially in this pandemic. So I'm curious, um, would you guys consider yourselves, quote unquote, vanilla? I do. And as Kyle just said, maybe I don't deserve the label. <laughs> uh, you deserve whatever label you want. And you self-proclaim and self-identify how you feel and, and feel comfortable. So I'm... Don't no kink. Oh wait, that's not kink shaming. No vanilla shaming. Right. <laughs> is, that, is that a thing? Flip the script on that. Um, I wouldn't say like on the range of vanilla to chocolate. I'm like a strawberry. Like I'm also. Ooh. I'm like down to like learn more. Um, and have had some things that I'm like, ooh, that piques my interest, but then never explored. So I feel like I maybe, or I have started to like do some like different kinds of kinky. Uh, things that sound weird to other people, but I think I just what that sounds sound? weird to people. I I sound great to everyone, but <laughs> sorry, uh, a, a joke that w- was lost because you probably don't know what sound. Do you know sounding. what sounding is? Yeah, it was a sounding. Oh, joke. oh, oh! Sticking things in uh, that th- uh, in the other side. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yes, but you do sound great. You have lovely voices. No, it Aww. might. I think some people's fetish is Mike's voice. Oh, yeah. ASMR, totally a thing. Mm-hmm. Do you know what that is? I do uh, know yeah. what that is. I don't know what it stands for. Ooh, I hate this game. Um, it's like audio sensory uh, micro. It's, the M is a really weird word. Um, I'm not going to pretend to know. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it is where people get the tingles. Some people have a sexual affiliation with it. Some people just have a nice like therapeutic. But it's like when somebody talks really nicely into a microphone or eats pickles for some reason. Ugh. 
Uh, Paris Hilton did one where she like recounted her life in ASMR and it was the best. <sighs> oh, and uh, <laughs> we had we had a comment from Dan that was, what was that? Audio sensory meridian response? Yeah. Autonomous, autonomous sensory. sensory meridian response. Thank you. Thank you. We have people. Thank you, people. <laughs> That's our team. I wish I had a team. I'm I'm my team is uh my stuffed animal dog in the corner and uh my ring light next to me. That is my team. <laughs> well, and Christopher, but he's not here right now because self-quarantining. Whew. Speaking of self-quarantine, so I'm curious, as a kinky person, I have had nothing but other outlets to sexually gratify myself in this you know self-reflection time um i've got hypnosis i've got butt plugs i've got vibrators i've got you know practicing rope um what are you guys doing if if you are not you know having all these kinky outlets what do what do vanilla people do in times like this uh jerk off to porn (laughs) i i just gently sob in the bathroom (laughs) <laughs> oh that's somebody's kink um dacrophilia is is crying kink i believe if i'm not right yeah i remember because cry is within the word dacryphilia oh God. there's a little little keys i didn't know i was gonna learn so much vocabulary welcome to my podcast where you learn things um and hopefully grown at really bad jokes yeah yeah i i uh uh also like kind of lame jerk off to porn or i will yeah like i have a butt plug um so i also really enjoy the like talking on scruffer grinder and like like just that kind of talking about Mm -hmm. things like gets me into it so like i think i'm gonna start to like plan out sexual encounters that i'll have after this is all done so that like so that i have something to like look forward to and work up to Mm. and so are you like having all the orgy? I see. I keep seeing people posting like, man, after this quarantine, this gun be me. And it's like, I think you guys tweeted something. It was like a rock with like water squirting out of it or something. <laughs> yeah. It's the like, orgies that you're going to have. Yeah. It was a waterfall that represented the, all the cum falling out of my ass. <laughs> um, I, I feel like I'm, there's a lot of stuff like I really want to do, but then I'm too like nervous or uncomfortable to be like, Everyone get inside me. So, yeah. And what's wrong with that? I don't know. Uh, I, I, sharing my, is caring. Yeah. <laughs> I, my biggest thing that, uh, I know I just have to like, it's, it's actually shouldn't be a big thing, but like, I have a lot of anxiety and I have a really tight butt. So, like, there are things like if I just go get, on, <laughs> medically verified tight butthole. I had. <gasps> I had a doctor that was uh, doing like an exam and had her fingers inside me and went like, just very factual. You have a very tight sphincter. And I was like, can you at least remove your fingers before you talk about this? Um, But yeah, so that means uh, I can't just like, hey, come over and rail me. It has to be like a little bit of a process. So you can say that. It just happens. I've started to to be better about just saying that, but I also don't think I could be the like, uh, some of the things I'm into, like in porn, like watching like gangbangs. I don't think I could be that person because I'd be like, everyone go slow. Sure. And uh, not to say that I'm an expert, but I've been in a bound in public and had some, you know, 12 inch dicks and it's not fun if you don't get to like ease into it, take your time, like, yeah, spit on me and call me names. But like, 
do it slowly. Don't start out with like the really, really bad degrading verbiage. And, you know, it's, it's important to, to build up. Oh, I'm fine with jumping right off with like heavy spitting and choking, but it's just the d- dick in ass part. Yep. <laughs> well, do you have your dilators? I Sorry, the medical dilator kits don't. that you guys covered. I always laugh when people refer to them because um, the butt plugs, like the medical dilators that were first coming out. Uh, some people think that those were not completely factual or medically accurate like some people say that those weren't actually things back then um to like cure hysteria and whatnot like some people think that's how butt plugs started and there's this discourse of like well that's not completely true oh but it, it might be um and also they just look terrifying you guys <laughs> seen the pictures mm-hmm. they do. They're, like, they're very they're very like brutalist or something <laughs> <laughs> okay so i'm curious i've got some some notes here um since you guys are stereotype experts um i'd love to go through i'm curious as to your opinions and perspectives uh around stereotypes that exist for kinky people i'd love to kind of like unpack and talk about that because i i work at a sex shop full-time i make sex education videos on the side i i have this podcast where i just talk about sex and kinks nonstop. so like when I'm sitting at a bar talking with friends and they're like, so how'd that fisting go? And I'm like, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. And like normal people turn and are just like, what is wrong with you? I forget that, you know, we have our filters in place and some people are super open and comfortable about that. Um, and other people don't know what a butt plug harness is. No, no, no shaming, no judging. Um, so what do you think some stereotypes exist for kinksters out there? Well, or what, so do you, what one- kind do you have? One thing that comes to mind, if it weren't for the lock around your neck, I would never think you were a kinky person. Like you have a very Hmm. clean cut sort of almost all American except for the facial hair look about you. And thank you. And and, and that's that's just bullshit. Like it comes comes from this place of thinking that like kinky is therefore dirty or super alternative, I think, if I try to unpack it for myself. Sure. And and so I, I expect... I expect I don't know blemishes or something. I um I I don't know. I don't know. I, yeah, no, I, I think that's fair. So like when I tuck in my my lock for for people that aren't like patrons and can't see visuals, like does that change my look? Like if you just saw me in a normal shirt and you saw like this this band around my the back of my neck, do I look straight? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Well, not straight, but uh, um, I, I, I would say I would say vanilla. You look you look okay. vanilla. And that is what makes me think that your sex life would be vanilla. And it's it's interesting that that there's a there's a visual language to the way that my stereotypes kick in when I'm thinking about kinkiness. No, I think that, and that's fair. Visual is is important. Like when I go to an event, I'm not wearing you know shirts and pants and jeans. I'm wearing boots, a jock strap, and probably a harness. And that definitely gives off a I'm kinky sort of vibe. Yeah. Um, what else exists? I uh, just assume that, or used to that, um, if you're into one thing, you're into everything. Like kink is just oh, like okay, great. Now you're to everything. Even BDSM just assumed that was all the same thing. So as we've been doing uh, this podcast, I mean, part of it for us is learning about some of these kinks that we didn't understand before. And yeah, just understanding how people 
can can be very focused on their one thing and not into other things. Um, that that was something new for me. Well, and I think that that kind of unpacks where most stereotypes come, and that's from you know fear, stigma, maybe even shame that you have. Yeah. Like a lot of my big kinks came from a place of shame because I didn't understand or know or have that background behind what makes people into that or what makes people tick, you know, and I think being able to unpack that and kind of step back and be like, everyone's got something they're into. Um, what I'm into does, is not is not better or worse than this person, so long as everybody's being responsible, consensual, and doing stuff legally. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. my perspective on that. Yeah, um, absolutely. I think I also think um, people assume that if you're any kind of uh, kinky, that that like specifically means you're gay. And when I um, like, I, I think about. Uh, prostate and anyone like straight dudes have that thing of like anything in my butt means I'm gay. So like, like <laughs> learning that like you have a pleasure button inside your butt, like that feels good no matter your orientation. Like I think the the good thing about or your nice thing about being gay is you get to like by breaking one norm, then you're more open to all of the other things. And I think some straight people don't get that. So they still have a lot of hangups around kinks around their butts around their prostates um around bdsm well and it should be stated like not just straight guys have prostates not just gay guys have prostates like the actual anal cavity shares some receptors with the vagina as well so people that do anal get pleasure regardless of gender and orientation and cis or straight or so there's pleasure that can happen there for everybody but again who knows that in america nobody because we don't talk about that yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> Which is why conversations are important. Yeah. What about you, Dan? Do you have any? Or sorry, not Dan. Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any good stereotypes or, or stigma that you've kind of seen throughout your life around kinks? Um, I I think that um, this isn't on the good side. This is this is on the stigma side. Hey, but... we can be real. I I I think that there's a undercurrent of it means that something's wrong or that something mm. happened. There was a trauma. There was a some kind of repression that like that that kinks are born of dysfunction. And even mm. the medical stuff that I read, medical journals often talk about paraphilias in terms of of dysfunction and trauma. And and uh, so I I think. And and that's also a stereotype that the more the more kinky people I know and talk to, the, the the more I realize that that's just it's not true, or at least it's not universally true. Sure. Well, and with that, I mean, there's a lot to unpack there, like the DSM, so the Diagnostic Statistical Manual for like disorders and whatnot. Like recently, they went on the books and said, well, these paraphilias are not disorders so long as they are not in like impacting or hindering your life in a negative way. Yeah. <clears throat> so we're actually we're actually seeing you know, kinks and kinksters being taken off of that uh, diagnostic grade of like, oh, this is bad and being told, no, I mean, consent is important. Context is important. Being able to be responsible adults that can still function and do things responsibly is important. Um, But at the same time, I don't want to, and I see this a lot, I don't want to disregard that some people do use kink as a therapeutic sort of thing to work out the trauma that they might have had throughout their life. Like I know people that are super into impact play and like, you know, flogging and hitting with consent um, that had nothing to do with their childhood or any trauma. But I also know some people that grew up 
being hit. And like having those scenes or those role plays where they can work that out is incredibly therapeutic to the point where like there's tears, but it's not tears of like misery. It's tears of like happiness or joy or just catharsis. Ah, correct. Catharsis, mm. getting that out. Um, and I think that there's, th- there should be both of those representations presented because both of those are valid and both of those are helpful for some people. Um, but I do think that there's a lot of people that will jump on that bandwagon of like kinksters are bad because they are broken because they are into insert kink, which we know isn't true. As you said, like we talk a lot more, there's a lot more consent statistically kinksters on the books, like have better communication and better relationships because of that. Are we all perfect? No, (laughs) but I, I think there's such a, there's a bad rap and possibly because of how pop culture kind of paints us as other, which is also stigmatizing in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, I think of people that have really uh, distinct kinks as being uh, poly. Like I just Mm. kind of assume that they're automatically going to like, even not, if not date, but like be more open to like group stuff and doing stuff with like multiple people at the same time. And I have to imagine, I don't know, being more open to something like a kink might make you more open to different, like just not the basic monogamy, but also that's not everyone. Totally. Uh, And also some people will see that as kinky and some people will just see that as a different life choice that they make where they have multiple partners, you know, or some people are in a straight monogamish relationship. You don't even know that they're poly or swingers because the way that they practice that is not super open yeah that's know? true like, the, the reverse of that would be like if you are poly or non-monogamous that um that may make everyone think like oh now you're into everything now you're super kinky and you could be like a super vanilla poly person uh, vanilla poly <laughs> <laughs> i love i love that we have terminology um but sometimes the number of terms that get put all into one single sentence and breath just I, I kind of giggle sometimes because you get terminology like vanilla poly. <laughs> Please welcome to the stage, vanilla poly. <laughs> it's okay. They also if, make really good drag names. <laughs> uh, yeah, the fact that I said that all in one breath, that means I have breath, which is disappointing. Which means somebody better get over there and choke you responsibly. I know. Which again, the sides of the neck, virtually. the arteries, you go, go for the, the, the blood flow, not for the actual trachea. Yeah, I've had some sore throats that Ooh. that I think they yeah. You can get a sore throat from a really big dick too. I just want to put true. that out there. Yeah, yeah. Where where can I <laughs> if get you're, that? If you're lucky. <laughs> uh, Pupamp dot is my guide to no. Uh, <laughs> I'm actually curious. So so you guys have kind of talked about some stigma that exists and and uh, some stereotypes. You know, kinksters are violent. Kinksters are abused. Kinksters were, you know hurt at some point um or it's almost always painful or serious do you guys ever see kinks that are fun and playful do you ever think about that um i i see the uh like some of the role playing some of the pup play as being like more fun and social and um yeah I remember one night of- i was at the cuff and uh there's that long uh outside part that leads from the front where the entrance is to their patio area. Yeah, the dog and, 
uh, yeah, and and that's exactly what was happening. So there there was uh, there was a pup there, and his handler was throwing a ball for him. And oh. uh, I think that that's the that, that was really eye opening for me because it was the first time that I associated play and playfulness with that kink, and which is which is just a lack of exposure on my part but that, that I wouldn't already think that that was part of what was happening. Um, but uh, other than that, especially in media, no, not really. I, oh, I, I don't... tickling. That's, that seems yeah. I, another one. I don't necessarily understand, but that seems like, I mean, if you're laughing, it has to be playful. Yeah. Well, well, tickling, especially and like puppy play. I, I totally get it's my kink. I love it. Um, but we don't get, you know, normalized representation in any sort of media of that um and even when you try to make content say on youtube um it gets restricted in some way and so in a lot of ways our culture shuts that down preemptively um but like go ahead oh i i feel like i should make clear like all the stereotypes and stigmas that we're talking about are not our our beliefs and we've like actually learned more about this as we've been doing the podcast but um, it is interesting to explore what society expects of people and what those stereotypes are, and then also validate that those, uh, a lot of the things that we just said are not true, not our personal beliefs. Yeah. And our audience is pretty good about that, but I do want to make clear that, yeah, these are stereotypes that we're unpacking from a societal perspective yeah. um, and from your own experiences being, being kind of experts and having these talks more frequently than say we do. Cause I mean, my, again, my filters are so, so low when it comes or high whichever way you want to look at it like sex is always constantly within my forefront because it's my full-time job it is my hobby it is my fun it is my you know it's everything that i see is through a sexual lens it's almost like taking you know art school or visual like photography school and then looking at art or looking at a movie and watching it you can't do that without seeing the layers and the the stuff that happens behind the scenes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I can't watch uh, movies anymore and just like enjoy them. Cause I'm like, Oh, this scene means that's going to happen. And here's like it, I, exposition. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> not, I, I appreciate movies more now, but like, but I also can't, yeah, I can't see that like without seeing the behind the scenes or thinking about the writing or whatever. What about podcasts? Can you guys still enjoy podcasts? <laughs> Uh, yes. But then anytime I listen to a podcast, then when I like go to record with Mike, I'm like, that's what I have in my head. Like I'm very like influenced by that. So then we'll start talking and it'll be like, Oh wait, we're not doing like a, my favorite murder with you right now. Cause that's not our podcast. So I have to like kind of ignore them sometimes so that I can not try to like put ourselves into any of those categories. But also murder play is absolutely a thing. That people <gasps> practice. Have you heard of that? No. Like people pretending to be a corpse and like putting themselves outside for a f- for a few minutes to get cold and then laying on the bed. Oh, people go through some really interesting role play scenarios. So, like, would they be turned on by a murder party, like a <laughs> dinner you know, murder party? Sh- no kink shaming. <laughs> <laughs> I just got the invite for that and I ejaculated. Oh. <laughs> Um, sorry, I forgot where we were for it. Is that, is that, is that, is that, is that simulated necrophilia? Is that what's happening there? Or is, so, is, it, is it a kink for the person who's playing the dead body too? Um, so have you heard, have you heard of snuff porn before? Yeah. 
So like snuff porn is absolutely a thing. And again, I'm not speaking as, as an expert on snuff porn, just as an expert that goes into Google and says, how do people practice and or enjoy this kink? Because I don't know how your ats and mentions are on social media, but I have weird ones. Um, <laughs> and so I listen to like other podcasts that talk about this or read blog posts. Like some people will literally like sit on their hand for, you know, 10 minutes so that they can like jerk off with it. So it feels like maybe a, a disembodied hand or some other necro related thing. Some people will literally go to parties that have been orchestrated with consent, consensually and safely where the person, the bottom doesn't move and they're lubed up already and they just don't react at all. And someone really gets off on that. I, I mean, I think that there is a conversation to be had there of like, even though there there are kinks out there that are super like taboo, um, and some people think all kinks are taboo. Like, I think that there is a way to consensually do play like that. Am I condoning it? I I can't speak as a psychologist, but like, it's fascinating to see what kinksters do or how kinksters create scenarios that are ethical and don't hurt anyone, but still gets their kink out. Yeah. You know. Which is why conversations like this are interesting. Again, we're not condoning all kinks. We're just having a conversation about different kinds of kinks. Yeah. Well, that was a weird tangent that we just went on. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's bring it back to, to fun and funny, though. Um, unless you had any other kinks to get us in trouble with the internet. <laughs> I'll have more as we go on. I'm oh, already learning okay, so much. <laughs> I'm curious from your perspectives, this next segment we'll go into um, is kind of going into the most popular kinks or fetishes. Um, and before we go into that, I'm curious, do you guys know what the difference between a kink and a fetish is? Because I think a lot of times people tend to lump the same, the, the two words together or just kind of they use them interchangeably, which is fine. But do you, do you have any sort of distinct know-how of the differences there? Kyle. No, you're supposed to. Mike is very. <laughs> Mike is. It's okay if you don't. It's okay if you don't. <laughs> no, Mike is just so pedantic about like literally everything. Um, and it doesn't bug me at all. Um, but he like <laughs> went through an entire tirade about the difference between kink and fetish, and I kind of ignored him. So I, I he he explained it to me, but it just fell on deaf ears. No, no, no it's fine. It's fine. Um, so I think uh, I obviously not a doctor <laughs> and um what I, yeah i know Sorry. this podcast is canceled yeah yeah <laughs> um i i i think that uh let's see i think all fetishes are kinks but not all kinks are fetishes and that fetishes are about sexual response to objects or at least medically that's how they're considered people say fetish all the time to mean something that they're into but if you're if you're more pedantic about that definition it's specifically supposed to be non-sexual objects that become sexualized and they have to be things yeah yeah no that that's great that that's pretty spot on I, I the easiest way to look at it is like kinks or anything outside the sexual norm which again is it's all perspective and and context for some people um and then the fetish is when you kind of the fetish the way that we kind of talk about it in education realm is like fetishizing something is almost dehumanizing in some ways and so if you're just treating something or someone as a fetish, that can be a little like, eh, not the best. Um, but fetishizing is when you are literally, you cannot get off without that 
you have to have the dude bro with the hat behind him and that's all you're looking at. I'm not saying mm-hmm. you, that's what you're doing, Kyle, but well, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it helps a whole, whole lot. <laughs> Which hole? What's your, <laughs> whatever. If you're wearing a backwards hat, they're all open. Uh, oh, oh. Where are my hats? Uh, <laughs> I have many hats. Uh, one of which is being a, a kink sexpert. And so here's the segue I've created myself. Um, I went online and I did some studying, some, some what did you call it? Gata? Gata. Yeah. Gata. Yeah. Gata, of course. Yeah. Our favorite <laughs> of course. Star Trek character. <laughs> oh, God. Mike has a Data fetish. Is Battlestar Galactica <laughs> had Gata, Lieutenant Gata. Oh, really? Oh, I was just making like a, oh, I didn't watch Battlestar Galactica. I'm a bad gay. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I, I don't think that makes you a bad gay. Maybe it makes you a bad nerd, but. <laughs> to infinity and beyond. <laughs> anyway, as Gandalf once said, <laughs> Luke, I am your father. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Heads are exploding. <laughs> Does anybody have a misquoting uh nerd references fetish because this is going to be great no so i did some data uh from the journal of sex research and they had a study on the prevalence of paraphilic interests and behaviors in the general population where they surveyed thousands of people of different backgrounds genders identities sexualities and sexes and they put together the top 10 kinks or fetishes, depending on how you're talking about it. And I'm curious if you guys can guess any of them. Uh, does it include or not include BDSM stuff? It does include BDSM stuff. It is a bit more generic than, say, like... Uh, I'm trying to think of like a really specific one. Like, But there are some specific ones. I, just, I want you guys to guess and see if you guys can get a view of the top, according to the scientific realm, Feet fetishes that exist. Oh. Ah. Feet. Handcuffs. Feet. <laughs> handcuffs, not specifically, but like BDSM and bondage is on there. So I would give you points there. And uh, a foot fetishes are absolutely on there specifically for whatever reason. That's like number three. And that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, we've seen that like come up time and time again as like one of the top kinks. Um, water sports. Yeah. Let's see, water sports. Ooh, it's not on there. Oh, I feel like we're um, on a family, family feud. feud. Show me <laughs> water sports. <laughs> we actually did a family feud episode and that did really well. But um, one of them that you mentioned before that one of you guys might be into is on here. <gasps> Giant arms and bros that choke me. That's a little too specific. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, sorry, no. <laughs> number one kink. Okay, it's my number one kink. Uh, breath play? No. Damn it. Well, uh, sensation play. play. Oh. No, not nipple play specifically. No. Wow. So no, I guess the answer to answer your first question. No, we can't guess the things that are on the list. So there's a few <laughs> on here that you guys have talked about. Uh, at the top of the list was impact play. So that's a big one. So hitting, I love that vlogging. font. Mm-hmm. It's very mm-hmm. impactful. Um, next on there, role play, which I think kind of encapsulates like your dude bro fetish mm-hmm. definitely is on there. Yeah. Puppy play is on there. Animal role play. Feet was is on there. Um, and do you guys actually know how feet play or foot play kind of start or like they found studies around this, like how it starts for people? Uh, with people that don't have hands had to use something. <laughs> 
I mean, that is part of it. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> um, well, a lot of so I mean, there are some studies that included like amputee fetishes, like foot fetish oh. was part of that. Um, feet play became especially popular during the like women revolution um, because, and at that time, there was lots of STDs and STIs, um, and so people were avoiding subconsciously or consciously avoiding like penises and dicks and phallic things because there was this negative connotation with that. And the one thing that didn't have STDs or STIs was feet. Oh. And also I think it's the pleasure center of the brain is literally right next to the foot and what controls the feet in your brain. So there's like a neurotic, uh, like psychological thing there as well. But that's why feet fetishes. I'm sorry. What'd you call me? (laughs) Homunculus. Do you watch full metal alchemist? Uh, no. Oh, never mind. Anyway, my my first foray to like anime has uh, been um, Attack on Titan. Just started <gasps> that here not too oh, long ago. Macro, micro fetishists—they're getting all off on that, I'm sure. Yeah, it was like Vor is a thing, and that giant dude oh. just ate that dude. Like, yeah. Anyway, oh, I'm sorry. Did you say Vor? <laughs> yeah. Oh wait, no, sorry, not Vor. Voyeurism was on the list. Oh, okay. Anal sex. Uh, oh. sensation play which we kind of talked about I orgasm mean, control uh, bondage and psychological play was a part of that as well so like mind control dom sub like hypnosis was part of that so they kind of lumped everything into gigantic categories but yeah it makes sense I mean I just don't think of anal as like a fetish. belonging on that list but yeah you're right the way you described it like outside of the norm well, straight people, like, I feel like just found out about anal. Like, I've, it was like in the past few years that all of a sudden there were all these articles that it was like, hey, straight people. But, um, yeah. Could, would, would you be able to peg a straight person that was into anal out of a crowd? Oh. <laughs> I, I see Dan in the in the chat laughing. Um, I don't know if you that got that took a, I it took It took, like, two seconds, but I got there. <laughs> yeah, I slipped sure. it in. i'm sorry Uh, puns are absolutely one of my kinks not a (laughs) fetish but one of my kinks okay so we are coming on to or coming in to the tail end of uh that's one of my fetishes coming in the tail end (laughs) oh my are there any other stereotypes are there any other kind of topics around kinks or fetishes that you think that you could bring to light as someone who is on that vanilla or cherry or strawberry spectrum. Mm-hmm. Uh, one other stereotype, uh, not necessarily on the like vanilla spectrum, but um, I've seen a study. Okay. Cupid did a study that said uh, actually the number of partners, sexual partners that gay people have had is actually really close to the number of partners that straight people have. So everyone assumes that gay people are like all sex all the time. And everyone has had a hundred people that they fucked, but that's actually not the case, at least according to that study. And there was a small percentage of gay people that were having a lot of the gay sex. Uh, So just being like super slutty is great. I support it. I'm one, but like, is not everyone. No, absolutely. I I think, have you guys heard of the term ethical slut? Yeah, that was a book. Yeah, it I is own a, the book. Oh, have you read the book? No. No, someone oh. <laughs> someone told me about the book and I was like, I can guess what that's about and then I moved on. 
Oh. <laughs> Sorry, writer my, of Ethical Postlet. My ex-husband bought it and then he left me. So. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry, oh. Kyle. <laughs> um, I'm Good. trying let's to find a segue there. Really, uh, um, let's really get into it. <laughs> cuckolding. Cuckold. No. Uh, can I, cool. um, well, The Ethical Slut is a lovely, lovely book. Um, the writer actually, I think, lives in the Bay Area. It's a great audio book, too, if you're an audio or audible listener. Um, but, yeah, I don't have much of a segue there. Um, <laughs> no one does when Mike talks about his exes. Oh. oh. Well, um, before we go, I would love, because you guys talk about, or at least in your bios, talk about the hanky code. What are some colors that you guys flag? This is another thing. Okay, I have a terrible memory, and whenever I look up stuff, I'm like, oh, I learned about this, and then immediately forget. So <laughs> I actually have no idea, uh, and I, I found it once and then promptly forgot. Okay, how about this then? Do you know? Do you think you know some of the colors? I'd be interested to know if I can test you and see if you know any of the major colors that exist there. Yellow, water sports. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. Do you know what black is? Uh, that's bond bdsm it, yeah bdsm leather heavy heavy bdsm red blood no well depending on what shade of red fisting. The, correct the 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 major red color is generally fisting um do you know what uh how about mosquito net Oh, okay. When we talked about that and found out there were things like mosquito net, that blew my mind. But again, no, we, I talked about that. I think I, that was even a topic I brought to our Hanky Code episode, and I forget. It just means fucking outside, right? I believe. So. Yeah, it's like camping, fucking outside. Um, so so about- I was going to I was gonna answer um, that. Uh, sorry. It's never, I always feel like I have to like, like preface this. It's never, ever, ever a deal breaker. Best sex of my life is not somebody with, with somebody who doesn't qualify. And I definitely have a size queen thing going in, 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 in here. And uh, so um, that's mustard. So, yes. Uh, flagging mustard, right? But then I'm always afraid to like, well, first of all, I don't, I like don't flag anything ever anyway. But then I'm also worried, like, do people know the difference between yellow and mustard? Because yellow is not my thing. And there's, but they're pretty similar. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you could have said eight plus or size queen, and, and my mind immediately went to mustard. So I know that, but I also study and quiz people and like tout that knowledge frequently um, because it's a fun party game, uh, especially for kinksters. My take on hanky play and what I've always told people is like hankies are a good conversation starter. Um, it definitely helps to signify a top or a bottom sort of role. And then if you're in a dark bar, you don't know if that's puce or red <laughs> or brown or magenta. Like, But it starts a conversation of, oh, I see you have a hanky. And then have the conversation from there where you say, oh, no, 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 no. It's not piss play. It's for, you know, hung. Are you hung? Are you mustard? You know, and you kind of are able to talk from there. But you say you guys don't ever wear hankies or no. would you wear a hanky to a bar? I, I like part of my social discomfort is like putting myself out there, it, not just Aww. sexually, but like in any kind of way, which is something I'm like also working on. Um, but I think that would prevent them that has and might still prevent me from like being that open and 
like direct with what I want. What I think somebody needs to start a social distancing hanky hangout or something. <laughs> a hank out. A hank out, yes. <laughs> Where it's just talking heads, but everyone's got a hanky around their neck and that helps to start the conversation. Ooh, I'd tighten mine a whole lot. <laughs> okay. I'm pretty sure there's a breath play color. I'm forgetting there, it right now. There has to be. I'm pre- I'm pretty sure there is. Or you could always just like I'm trying to think of a visual for breath play. You can just it's like got- foundation and like some get some Jeffree Star palette and like paint your face blue. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I was gonna say blue. It's gotta be blue. That's what color you turn. I don't think it is though. No, okay. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Maybe it's oh, maybe it's literally a choker, you know, like the <gasps> chokers from the nineties. Just put one of those on. Yeah. And yeah. bring back your nineties e girl. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, uh, speaking of breath, I, I'm sure you guys are almost out of yours from talking so much and listening to my crazy ass asking you what you're into sexually. I want to just say thank you, and I appreciate that you were open um, and vulnerable enough to come. Sorry, I keep saying come. To yeah. come in on our podcast and just <laughs> have a conversation. Um, well, yeah, I appreciate so, you having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you. But before we go, um, please do plug whether physically or just verbally what you guys do, where people can find you one last time so that they know where they can listen in. Our show is gayish. You can find us on all of the platforms, iTunes, Google play, tune in Spotify. We're on all of them. And our website is gayishpodcast.com. And uh, our episode with you on it uh, is about rubber. So you can check that one out. Is we talk about rubber. We talk about kinks. We talk about, Kim At Kardashian. Some point, yeah, Kim Kardashian and Taylor Swift come in. Come on, <laughs> pop culture. Uh, come on, uh, no culture. No, no. kidding. <laughs> we stand. We stand all the things. Sure, Dua Lipa. Sure. We stand Dua Lipa. Who else do, what else do we stand? Kesha. Oh, okay. Yes, we do. We stand Kesha. She she has a, a song that's called Kinky, I think, or Fetish. Yeah, that's not my favorite one on that album. It's not that good. But Listening to it, I'm like, girl, we need to get you into some kinkier I, shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. But thank you guys so much for coming on. Uh, I appreciate just having candid conversations like this. Again, you can find my episode with the Gayish team on their podcast. It was fun and lovely. And you guys have how many episodes now? Like hundreds? Uh, 167 was yours. Yeah. Wow. Okay. You can listen in. Uh, This has been What's Your Safe Word. I'm Pup Amp. And you can find me everywhere at Pup Amp or What's The Safe Word on YouTube. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye. You guys can say bye too if you'd like. Bye. Sorry. <laughs> I, was, I was about Sorry, to you... sneeze at the wrong time. Somebody took your breath away. <laughs> I wish. It must have been God. <laughs> <laughs>